This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copples Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Presented by Wingstop. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Yes, 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 yes. We are presented by Wingstop. www.wingstop.com. What's that smell? Like a whole bunch of chicken sandwiches. You go get the chicken sandwiches. We want to thank y'all for letting us sell out of chicken sandwiches. I got Octavius the Murder Man, three-time national champion. Probably the greatest four-year record in Nebraska history, 49-2 in the building. Tavy's here. But without further ado, hey, 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 Zach, I just want to tell you. Let me bring you in first. This guy, I'm, I, I gave him the nickname, and we were talking a little bit. And they said, if you had a nickname for Zach, what would it be? And, I, and, and it was like the Pancake King. I'm like, what? That's perfect. So I got the Pancake King, Outland Trophy winner, national champion, 12-year NFL vet, successful businessman, and now College Hall of Fame, Zach Wieger, my big brother. What's up, Big Zach? Well, not much, Rashawn. I, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm in the – with greatness here on the phone, three-time champion. I was only a one-time champion. I feel like I'm not living up to the name here. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, well, dude, I got Ty- I got Tyrone Hughes in the building. He's in here too. I got Eric oh, Warfield. Oh, What's up? Oh. What's up, Zach? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, just working. I actually got all my my company in from all over. We've got offices out in Denver and and uh, Atlanta and Dallas, and everyone's here this week for a little uh, company get together. So. Hey, so look, go through, look, I got the jacket on and in the in here with Vashon him. Zach got a jacket. Throw the jacket on. Let them see it, Zach. Zach. And uh, also, I was just talking to them. I said, um, Toby and I, you know, I don't know how I missed you, but I know anytime we played, uh, the Saints came to town, Toby and I would go out and go eat. Uh, so I don't oh, know how we end up. He, 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 we ended up leaving you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was eating somewhere. I'm sure, yeah. Zach, no, we had always one of the best trips to go down there. Food's so good. Zach, talk but, to me a little bit about. And you guys going to stop by tomorrow, quick six, and check everybody out. Remember Eric and Glazer and the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I saw Doug for the uh, spring game, so I heard you guys got the uh, the tailgate spot. So we're definitely going to be looking for that tomorrow. You guys stop by there tomorrow, right there. It's it got my I've got my my number. I got parking number seventy two right there in the uh, just north stadium. So you can't miss it. Gotcha. So it's not in the Champions Club, though, right? No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. No, we're over in the, the lot eight, right there next to Hawks. Okay, I know. I, I, oh, okay. So we right in the middle of everything. Yep, right in the middle of everything. So we'll follow. Perfect. We'll follow Vashon around, and, and he'll show us where y'all at. So we'll definitely <laughs> be over there. Yeah. Zach, talk to me about pancakes, man. Talk to me about <laughs> these pancakes, man. You were the progenitor of and, and the pancake king. Why is it so poor important? to be able to get a pancake, and what is a pancake? You know, you don't have stats as a lineman. And, you know, I had always had these visions of grandeur that I was a great athlete, not just a lineman, you know, because they'd say, hey, the skill positions go meet, and the linemen were never part of what was called the skill position. So <laughs> that was kind of something we did. We started keeping those, I think, my sophomore year. Cause I was like, well, we got to have internally have some kind of a, a wager system or something here to see who's who's out there making stuff happen on the field because we don't have stats. So we started keeping pancakes and 
it was fun because we'd watch film and, you know, everyone would be like, oh, no, that guy tripped or no, this happened. And, so, and then we'd mark it down each game who got what pancakes. And I don't know if they still do that or not. They should but because it, it was fun because you not only wanted to win the games, but you wanted to punish the other team. And that's, you know, you wanted people to, to fear coming and play you. And I know better way than weighing 320 and throwing someone on their back and landing on them to make them fear you, I guess. Mm. <laughs> mm. Is, that, is that what's missing? From this offensive line, when you, it, I know it's hard, but I got to say it. When you compare this offensive line to you guys, what are the comparisons, and what do they need to do to raise their play up? It's it's mentality, you know. I've I've heard the other younger crew, you know, and we were, but we had that same. You guys know this. We had that same mentality when we were freshmen. It's just kind of the way our our group was there for the the, the whole decade of the nineties. Um, I, to me, it's like that mentality. Uh, do they, they need a person or somebody in that room or a group of people in that room to be like, yeah, we're going to keep pancakes because we need to have a way to measure how physical we are. They need to come up with things. Like we, we would come up with, with competitions constantly have amongst ourselves. And I, I think that's what's made us good. It's, you know, every, every time we did anything, who, who ate the most, who ran the fastest, who jumped the highest, who could lift the most, who could get the most pancakes. I mean, everything was a competition. And when you start policing your own group like that and not having the coach tell you, I mean, you remember Boyd Epps used to throw us out of the weight room because he didn't like us all the extra lifting we did. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Well, I was, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I, I was just telling somebody this. I was just telling Terrell this earlier. I said, I'm not the one. I, I was the dude that went in there and I would see you guys with the 100-pound dumbbells apiece, 120, 130, 140. And I used to just be in amazement like, Okay, I need to be working out with these dudes because I might not get on the field just doing my little stuff. I need to see what these dudes is doing. The pipeline, where did that yeah. start? Where did that come from? Yeah, it started out. We called it. We were thinking of names. You know, we had a few little things you guys will remember. Uh, you know, we wore we wore the high socks, and everyone wore short socks back then. We said, well, we want to be smash mouth old school football, like when they used to wear those long tube socks. So we all started wearing high socks. And then we were thinking of a nickname for ourselves. This was as freshmen. This shows how much time we all spent together, too. I don't know if these guys all spend that much time together. They probably get done with practice, and then they go their separate ways. But, um, you know, we started calling ourselves the Nebraska Pipeline, you know. And uh, back in the day, you know, they were talking about building an Alaskan Pipeline, and that's kind of – we stole the knockoff of that, and then it just became the Pipeline. And, uh, you know, it was something that we just internally talked about it, but it grew. And then, you know, we got posters and all that. But it wasn't meant to be something really external when we did it. We just kind of wanted a name for our group. And um, it grew. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you guys remember, we talked quite a bit of smack. But hopefully um, we did more leading by example than we did talk. So Oklahoma week, Oklahoma week. Talk about practice. Why was practice so much more intense Oklahoma week than it was any other game? You know, uh, Oklahoma, you know, my first game at Nebraska was Oklahoma, and that was when they were recruiting my brother, first game I ever saw. And, you know, I just remember growing up and, and you know, Nebraska-Oklahoma game, it was always the only game on TV. And so as a kid, and, and, and everyone knows that, even if you're not from Nebraska, that was the game on after Thanksgiving. It was the only game on. It was always the big game, and there were always two really good teams. And so I think everybody in the country, not just Nebraskans, identify with that as a big game. And the fact they don't play it is a, is a damn shame. I, I don't know who the brain trust to figure that one out was. But, I mean, that never should have been a game that ever went away because it was a, always a classic football game. 
but when you're on the team, you know, that you just know you're in for a fight because even when we were there, they were down a little bit. But Oklahoma's had a storied program forever. Nebraska had for years and years. And it was just always – and you always came down to, like, that was our last game of the year, too, when we played them. And so it was always like we have to win this because we either need to win this to get to this bowl game or we need to win this to win the Big Eight championship. It was always came down to playing Oklahoma was always the linchpin to, to be successful. And I think that's a big part of why it was so important when we were there. And, Zach, that was one of the things that I, I was saying as well, you know, that, that as far as to me that rivalry, it shouldn't have ended even though they left the conference. It shouldn't have, en- have ended because, I mean, it was just so much of a, uh, a tradition you know, that Thanksgiving Day, and it always had, you know, some type of either Big A conference title implications or national championship uh, title implications. But, Zach, let me ask you this. Talk about this. How – and we've been talking, you know, obviously coaching and looking at these kids and their un- development, not lack of development, whatever. But talk about how coaching – different, being able to deal with different coaches uh, and playing, playing the game – you know, taught you or, or kind of gave you a better insight on how or what you learned, you know, or how you learned, you know, what coach probably you thought felt taught you better than than another. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, you know, when you play as long as I did, I had so many coaches and uh, none better than we had at Nebraska, just to be honest. I yeah, mean, Coach Ford. Um, well, one, he's just a you know a very uniquely great human being, you know, start, but. Um, an amazing mind for football and amazing to me, very, although he doesn't speak a ton, very amazing um, um, communication skills with his players. You know, everyone, I don't, I, I'd sit in the locker room, the pros and everybody would be bad mouth their head coach. And I'd never been around South Nebraska. Didn't think Osborne was great. Exactly. Not one player yeah. ever heard say anything, you know, negative about coach Osborne, which is, which is rare. You don't, you don't realize how good you got it till you play in the pros. <laughs> um, I would say being around multiple coaches, you know, there's a lot of ways to coach, and there's not really one right or wrong way. I mean, some guys are yellers and screamers. Some guys are funny. Some guys are quiet. Some, you know, um, it's just, you know, I, I think the real key for our guys, no matter who the coach is, is, is it, it has to come within. You know, the coaches don't play. And so to always sit there and say, the coach did this, the coach did this at some point, the players got to take it upon themselves and be like, hey, the coaches, all they can do is tell us to get in the right positions and, and you know, and call the plays and, and do the things like that. That's their job to get in the right position. When you get to that position, you're the one that has to do the job. And so part of this is, is you know, there is no right or wrong way to coach. I mean, all coaches are measured on as, as wins and losses. But when you start when you start demanding of yourself as a player to be better, and your your biggest critic is you, not your coach. That's when you're good. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you guys because I got I'm bringing Eric, Eric Warfield's in the building. You know, Eric Warfield, what nine years, um, ten years yeah. in the league? What's up, Zach? Hey man, what's going on? <laughs> you got all the talent in there. What's going on? <laughs> hey man, it's, it's a party. Week. It's OU week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got a question for you guys. You, Tyrone Hughes. How long did you get, Tyrone? How long? Six years. Six years in the league. Octavius McFarland, one of the most ferocious hitters it is in the in, in I, I would say to put the pads on at Nebraska. Yeah. Just pound for pound hitter. Oh, we got yeah. him in here as well. I gotta ask you guys a question. And you too, Zach. Have you ever do you hit harder with your mouthpiece in or out? <laughs> well that's I, I didn't a, play with a mouthpiece. I, I, in college? 
didn't either. Well, we had to then. We had to in college yeah, back then, was, yeah. Was, but yeah. I don't. I didn't. I mean, but I wasn't really trying to hit nobody. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, this, I, I was a. I got. I had that Dion mentality. I'm a cover guy, so I, you know when I went on the defensive side of the ball. But when I would return, I would put my mouthpiece in. Why? Because. It's not. It was not. It didn't have anything to do with me hitting, but getting hit. Or you know, I may. I'm looking up at the ball on punt returns. I'm, mm, I get hit underneath yeah. the chin. I need that 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 shock absorption in my mouth. Right. Well, here's what I'm saying. It, it, Tavy, you want to jump on that one? I, I didn't play with one. In, in college. I didn't play with one in college, high school either. What? If I have a mouthpiece to make my mouth, I get dehydrated. I, mouth get dry. Boy, the secret. I had one in the pros. They made me wear one in college, but I didn't wear one in pros. Really? Now, one of the ones I did get in the NFL was uh, they came out with these molded ones where yeah, I could was, actually – it was real like thin. Yeah it was real, those, yeah. yeah, it was real thin, and you could actually really, talk yeah. uh, with it um, in your mouth. Yeah, those big bulky ones, they restrict your breathing. And, yeah. You know, you all that running. You barely talk when you got to communicate with everybody. And then, yeah, like Tyrone said, they did the molded ones. Yeah. It helped, but I didn't wear it. I didn't wear it, though. But you, but, but you guys wouldn't have been playing with the thing hanging out – Dangling from your helmet, though, right? <laughs> what is that about? Am I the only one that pay attention to that? I see that a lot now, and I thought they had to. I thought. I thought. Is it still not? It's not a rule anymore that you have to have can't uh, the mouthpiece. You're supposed to. Man, yeah. football is different nowadays. Like yeah. the whole. The whole you know, game we used to have to have the pads changed. in college and everything on the hip yeah. pads, the butt pad. Had all I got of to the it. NFL. They like you better take that out. I was like, what? They're like, nah, you don't need all that. You need to be as light as possible. I mean, even with the thigh pads. Uh, and the knee pads, you know, here is pads. Yeah. Over there, it's like a piece of foam that you just put inside your pants just to show a, 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 an impression <laughs> of a square that you got something yep, in there. And the, and the thigh pad was just a shell that was taken outside of the, out of the pad. So right. that was it. Wait, yeah. Zach, Zach, let me hear you. You said you didn't you didn't wear a mouthpiece, Zach. No, I didn't wear one in the pros either. I remember my first game. You know, you come out of college and they made you wear a butt pad and hip pads. Yeah. Like alignment they check you you know and i was wore like paper thin ones and then when i got to pros like my very first game i line up and across from reggie white and i look that man is wearing like five-year-old kid shoulder pads yeah. and not a lick of paper <laughs> and I, man i do it, it, it doesn't affect your willingness to hit i can promise you i quit wearing all the pads after that. Yeah. <laughs> really that's interesting because to me i'm like I could never – if you didn't have your mouthpiece against me, I might just knock your teeth out. I might take a <laughs> shot on you. For real, I, I can't imagine blocking somebody without my – like going against Jared Thomas with my mouthpiece not in. Yeah. No, I did it the whole time. I didn't wear Really? One. You guys are superhuman then. Nah. I'll I t- I tell you one thing I used to do. People didn't really notice. I played with a toothpick in my mouth. What? What? Yeah. Freaked the guy from Louisiana, uh, Virginia Tech out. <laughs> <laughs> Tavy, stop it! Stop I, I, ever since I was in high school, I played. Well, with where your toothpick now? I ain't gotten that right now. Okay. <laughs> we gotta get you some toothpicks. But I tell, I tell you what, but but like you're saying, uh, v, when you talk about mentality, and like what Zach was saying, you just gotta have that, you know, that that pipeline. Those guys were together. But one of the things. Um, I'm never, I've never really been a big reader or whatever, but I'll listen to coaches and, you know, people when they talk and motivational speakers. And one of the guys I heard, one thing I heard Ray Lewis saying, you guys probably heard it, if, or you, you go to YouTube, he talks about the lion mentality. And he said, and I was listening to him talk about it, and he said, you know, why is it, why is the lion the king of the jungle? 
He said he's not the biggest animal. That's the elephant. He said he's not the fastest animal. That's the cheetah. He said he ain't the smartest animal. He said, so what makes the lion the king of the jungle is his mentality. Fearless. Mm -hmm. His mentality. And when you start thinking about that and looking at it and realize, it's like as a team or a group, when you have that mentality that nothing's going to stop you or break you and that we are a pack, that takes you a long way. Absolutely. Because everybody has that same that same mentality, that same goal. And then it starts to breed. Just like when they breed in their younger lion cup, it starts to breed. When you bring in younger recruits and they see how you working out. You know, and when I talk to the guy, my, my coach, Burton Burns, played at Nebraska back in the day, uh, was my high school coach. He was the running back coach at Alabama. But just talking to him and how – he, you know, when he re- recruits guys, it's like it's it's just an expectation where they don't really have to coach the players to have that mentality because the veterans, and that's the main thing, the veterans or the seniors, the juniors, they're going to take that control of that team to say, hey, look, this is how we do things around here. We're not going to let you slack or slip up or BS around. This is how it's done, and that's the mentality you got to have, and that's how it's carried on. So when those seniors leave, now those juniors step up. Mm. When those juniors become uh, seniors, now those sophomores become juniors, and it's that it just keeps becoming a revolving door. Is, is that Zach? Is that kind of how it happened to you? As far as you know, that offensive line, Coach Tenniper, talk a little bit about Coach Tenniper and how he kept you guys so close. Yeah, you know, he was just a very, uh, very. Uh, Oh, fatherly figure type of guy. I mean, it was very clear. He wasn't a big yeller in that, but it was very clear, like, hey, the five best guys are going to be on the field. And he made it very clear. And nothing to do with like or dislike or if you're a guard or tackle. He's like, the five best players, the toughest best and best players are going to play, period. So he always knew where you stood, which was, is part of it. Like, you got to trust in, in what you're hearing from your coach. A lot of it's trust. And then, obviously, he's had a ton of success, you know, as a, as a coach and had a lot of good players that had been through there before us as far as linemen. And so, you know what he, he, he knows what he's talking about. So, like I said, there's that level of trust there. But I think, you know, it was just um, – I think the Lions story is very, uh, very similar to what I've experienced, at least as on being good teams or not. The good teams, you know, you could have told us when I was there, and, and I, I would – I would have said this seriously at the time because I was young and didn't know any better that, you know, if we were playing the New York Giants next week, we're going to kick their ass. Now, I played pro for 12 years. That would not have happened, I promise you. Pros is a whole different game. But we believed we could have done it. And and we were just young enough and dumb enough that you couldn't have convinced us otherwise, right? I think that's the, the whole thing is that mentality. And no, no – level of coaching is that i mean obviously coaching and being in the right positions and believing what you're doing and the bonding is a big part of it but it comes down to players you got to get a, a couple of recruiting classes through here that just have are dedicated to to working hard and winning and everyone says they want to win but people don't do what it takes to win and to the, all the work it takes to get there and it just seems to me like when the pressure's on we make mistakes and it's and it's been with multiple coaches so let me so, ask you, I want to ask all you guys this question. Now, I'm going to start with you, Zach, and then we'll go Warfield, we'll go Tyrone, then we're going to end with Tavy, And then I'm going to throw it to break and, and pay some bills. But I want to ask this question. Who was the best running back you ever blocked for in college, Zach? Oh, Lawrence Phillips, hands down. <laughs> what made him the best? And in the pros. What? Oh, That's but, right. But, 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 but well, you got to – 
Oh, great. Freakish, I'm sorry, great, Zach. A freakishly good athlete, but he had a chip on his shoulder, like no chip. And nicest guy in the world off the field, but you get him on the field, he ran angry, which, mm. was, which was good. I mean, that's what you have to be. Mm. Angry runner, Tyrone. And see, well, and again, I can't, I can't, I can't say LP, which I, which I watched LP, but I didn't block for LP. I didn't yeah. play with LP. I would say for us, it would have been for me, it would have been Ken Clark. Okay, you know. Okay. And, oh, yeah. But, but I'm also say a guy who was like he wasn't as powerful as Barry Sanders, but he was as quick. That got his career cut short. Was Terry Rogers, Johnny son? Yeah, oh, I my, heard about that. Oh my God, blew his knee out. Blew his knee out in practice. We were out there that day when he and all he did was just kind of jogging around, made a cut, and blew his knee out really? on that turf. But when you see, if you see this guy run, I mean, you talk about moves like Barry. Oh my God, uh, it, it was amazing to see this kid run. I mean, and Terry Pollard was like five, five, nine, five. Five seven five eight five nine, maybe about one hundred and sixty seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. But the boy was so quick he and still fat. Look like he can play. He, yeah, he did. He does. Right he does. Now, I saw him in the spring. Up. When I saw him in the spring up there at, uh, in Omaha. But Terry Terry Rogers was a he was a beast. Warfield. I mean, the best I ever saw was LP. Like dude just had a um, an awareness about him. So he he knew the cuts before before he got to the hole. Like you see. Just talking to Tavy last night when we played Michigan State, I think LP was close to 150 at halftime, mm-hmm. taking the shoulder pass off. And that's mm-hmm. against the Nick Saban team. Right. So uh, just to show the talent that he had. But obviously, like like Tyrone said, we didn't block for him. But, you know, we got to witness it on the sideline as teammates. Well, you so. had to tackle him in, 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 in practice. Not really. You know, yeah, we, Will you try? I mean, when it came down to it, we had, we had our goal what line stands. Yeah, goal okay. line. It never really got to my end. And that's, you know – Oh, it never me got and Tavy were just having this exact same con- con- uh, conversation about how good our front seven was. Like, our secondary didn't have to do a whole lot. Mm. You know, a lot of my picks came off of bad throws because of the pressure. And, you know, it's the same thing with our corner. So, our front seven was a beast, man. Like, we didn't have to do a whole lot of nothing. And so, like, even when it came to goal line, you had to get past them big boys in order to, you know, to get past us. But if you get past them, it's obviously going to be a touchdown on goal line. Right. So. Uh, yeah, but just to, to, to see the things that Lawrence had and uh, and he did, man, it was just tremendous. And like to make cuts before you you know you get you see a guy coming up the field and you already know like uh, what angle he's going to take and he's already making a cut before the guy gets to the hole. So yeah, his 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 awareness was just incredible. Octavius, what do you, what do you think? I, I'll make it unanimous. I, Lawrence is hands down. He 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 was the real deal. I, I've got the experience a lot of it, <laughs> especially when I moved the linebacker. It, it was. We had some collisions, and uh, I was on the short end of a lot of them, but I, I, I got him, though. I, I, I knocked him around. I, and I, I would also give a shout-out to uh, A.G. A.G., but yeah. that's, that's, that's speed, though. Oh, A.G. Yeah. hit that gap, he gone. Hey, Amon, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Well, listen, you know, man, I know Mike would have something to say about this right by now. Who, Mike Rowe? Right he is. You know, no, I didn't know he would have listen, something to say about hey, this right now. People in his era, they say Mike Rowe. Yes. And I, and that's, I, and that's I like Mike Rowe. And that's the difference. It's just a matter of yeah. who, who you play with. Didn't you know? really get to see Mike. Listen, I've, I went and I studied Mike. I, Mike is a unanimous 1B. Mm. I don't know. You can flip a coin, I think, between the two. But Mike was more speed, power, one now, cut. And, and then, he didn't then, have the <laughs> – Yeah, but when, you, but when you go back, you go back past him. Go back to Roger, Roger, Roger and Rathbun. 
<laughs> that <Okay>. was power. <laughs> okay. And and I played against Roger a couple of times in in uh, like towards the end of his career. It was like, nah, dude. Damn. Can you? Can, we had some good running backs. Hell, Kevin Johnson was nice. Bias, guys, but I, I would take a Corey Schlesinger running up in a hole. Oh, <laughs> Joe Rocky. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, the full. Oh yes, yes indeed. Hey, how was that for you guys? How was how was Tavy? How was Joe Rockhead? Thanks for that, Weger. How was that for you? I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. He introduced me to college football. We was out on the field. And I, I caught myself going to go up and just lay the wood on him. Man, he ran over me, stepped on me. i never forget it. I got up, went to the sideline, and told Biff, go ahead on, go in. <laughs> and the thing about it, Solis had those guys at fullback. The fullbacks were like, when they were blocking, they coming up in there blocking. I mean, they coming up putting their fists. He's teaching them how to put their fists and drive them up through your chin. That's why so. I said, why would you not have a mouthpiece in? <laughs> See, I, I'm trained under that. You know what I mean? I had to go against Joe Rockhead all the time. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if Souls was trying to make me tough. But every time we'll go to individual, he was like, uh, Rashawn, get up there with Corey. And I'm just like, dang, coach. You know what I'm saying? Pick Schuster or one of these other dudes. Makovica. Why are you always – but he just I, wanted me I to get better. Say, man, watching Corey on film for years, and you know we, we had the same length of career in the pros too. I, you know, he got stood up in the hole and he missed the guy once in a while. I had never seen that man hit someone where it didn't hit someone when it didn't look like it hurt though. Yeah. <laughs> and full speed head down to every single person he hit for that long. <laughs> well, listen, gone is the day. I remember you guys having those big ridges in their helmets. Like the fullbacks, right. the offensive yeah, linemen. Like cuts. They had cuts. cuts in the helmet. Yeah, yeah, ridges at the like, crown of their helmet, like, right? Where did come from? <laughs> right? And, and, and then I moved the tight end. I'm like, okay, I know why in fullback, right? But they had the ridges and cuts. I don't know if I see the ridges and cuts anymore. No, they, they so I know even when, like, um, for my pro career, they started putting a little plastic over the top to keep it from happening. But now they got these little, uh, uh, I don't know what they are, like, uh, foam or what they put on the helmets to like keep down the concussion rate or yeah, whatever. These, so, something like this, yeah, put over the top. Yeah, of, yeah. but I mean, like, I was saying earlier, like football has changed so much. You know, you don't even have like two days where you go pad pad. You know, you can't do that. That's illegal now. It, yeah, you know, I didn't even know they didn't have it in. Co- they don't have it in college. Yes, no have so what? You, you two can't days. do double days of of pads. Two oh, days. No, stop. NFL, yes. no, no. NFL, two a, no. college. Well, NFL can't get the assets hurt, so I can see the NFL. Yeah, same thing with college. Yeah, no, Mickey, they, 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 they just hit Tuesday and Wednesday. They had sex no right two they a, in paid. the same day. What you mean? Two a day practice. You go like oh, you can't have two a day. And, and doing training camp. There is no two. You're right. There yeah. is no two, two a day. Days. Yeah, you know, right. you know, you look at old school highlights, and I'm talking about the 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 commercials. You got guys coming across clotheslining. You got targeting, <laughs> but all that's illegal now. It's all illegal. So now. like the the game is is, is changed, and I, and I think they're trying to change for the image, uh, you know, protect the brand, uh, and also to protect the players. But it's not the game that we grew up playing. So it's a different game for sure. Listen, man, I got all these great, great, great people in here. I want to thank y'all. We ain't going nowhere. We're just gonna throw it to break. It's the captain, the ticket, ninety three point seven. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.